I invite you to stand as you are comfortable for the reading of the gospel. From John chapter 18. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. It's not in our reading today, but Pilate's response to Jesus, I think, is an important one. Jesus says, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate responds in verse 38, what is truth? And that's a very good question. What is truth? The easy answer is that truth is the opposite of a lie, right? Does anybody remember the first lie they told? I'm young, so I still kind of do. And that wasn't meant to be a word, but it came out that way. And to be fair, to be fair, this is probably not my first ever lie. I have a toddler in my home, and she doesn't realize it, but when I ask her, do you need to go potty, and she says, no, that's a lie. And so I know there's plenty of, of those stories that I don't remember myself, but the first one I remember was in preschool. And those kinds of memories stick with you, mainly because it wasn't just a lie, it was that I also stole something and I got caught. My friend and preschool classmate, Jax DeCoster, had the funnest house. And she was in preschool with me, and our parents regularly set up play dates. So that day, we got to go to her house to play, and she had the most amazing My Little Pony figurines, which I hear a little bit of giggles. My Little Pony is still great, don't get me wrong. But when I was three, I was obsessed with them. And so when I saw Jax's magenta pony named Blossom, I just, I just wanted it. And so when she wasn't looking, I took it. I didn't really think about it. I just put it in my pocket, and then I went home. Again, I was three. My understanding of child development is that around that age, we are basically the epitome of ego. We don't really understand how our actions can affect others. So of course, in light of my developmental lack of consequences, a few days later, when it was time to have show and tell at school, you see where this is going? Yes. I brought 
my, well, I mean, you know, Jax's blossom figurine to show and tell to preschool where I met Jax and where I saw her every day and where she watched from the circle carpet as I stood and showed everyone my treasure and explained how there were really pretty white flowers on her flank and her mane was the best purple. And then after I sat back down, very proud of my offering to the class, Jax came up to me and she very point blank said, I'm pretty proud of a three-year-old who could be this straightforward, that looks like mine. And I didn't think I had done anything wrong until that moment, until I saw the frustration on her face and I knew that the truth had all kinds of consequences. One, I would definitely get into trouble. Two, maybe Jax wouldn't want to be my friend anymore. And three, I would probably have to give back the toy that I had. <laughs> and so I did what most three-year-olds do when they get caught with something they shouldn't have. I lied. I told her my mom had bought it for me on the way home the night before and that this figurine was actually mine, and I'm pretty sure she didn't believe me. I don't remember ever being invited back, back to Jackson Hawk the Coster's house again. The truth is hard. Truth has consequences, and sometimes we hold back the truth because we are too scared of those consequences. Sometimes, it's because we don't know what the truth is or don't know how to even begin to talk about it. When Pilate asks what is truth, I wonder too. Because these days, truth seems like a commodity that we are all searching for, struggling to find between the internet and the news and whatever websites or sources of media we use to help shape our understanding of the world. It doesn't take long for me to go through my Facebook feed or sit at a large family dinner over a national holiday, maybe you've experienced this this last weekend, before I am reminded how differently so many of us view truth. Sometimes something that I know in my mind to be truth for someone else can be all manner of things. We tend to think about truth as something factual, something objective, but it seems like we're all working from different facts. Between falsehoods, lies, and the difficulty of navigating all the different truths that people hold to be self-evident, here comes Jesus. On our last Sunday before Advent, before we decorate the church and begin the season of waiting for the birth of Jesus, we read from John a piece of the trial. Jesus' trial is not one of justice or truth, but of fear and falsehood. The leaders in the synagogue have been hearing Jesus teaching and preaching and sharing a message of a new kind of truth. One that doesn't come with money or power, but with love and grace. They've been hearing Jesus preaching about God's kingdom and fear that there isn't a place for them or their power. And so they've handed Jesus over to the Romans because the truth is, they don't want to get their hands dirty. They hope that the Romans will hear the charge of blasphemy against Caesar as reason enough to deal with Jesus themselves. Because for Rome, there was only one king, one kingdom, and that name, that reign, belonged to Caesar. And that's truth to them. But Jesus came to testify to the truth, because as Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John earlier in the book, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that truth isn't an easy one. Pilate asks, what is truth? And Jesus says, I testify to the truth what truth are you testifying in your life? 
Throughout Jesus' life and ministry, his testimony is, of one, is one of love and grace, of a justice that doesn't look like the justice of our world. His truth, his kingdom is one of care and love for the least of these. Jesus spends his ministry caring for those who are sick, who are hungry, who are powerless. His stories and parables are filled with truths about widows finding what they've been looking for, about children returning to their parents, about foreigners who are the best example of loving their neighbor. That's the power that Jesus holds in his kingdom. And that power, that kingdom, that truth has consequences. Because this Jesus doesn't reign in his kingdom with power or falsehood or self-interest, the consequences of Jesus' truth are that sin and brokenness and corruption are revealed. In his trial, the truth of the failures of the leaders of his faith become apparent, especially to us as we read it looking back. I wonder if Pilate was curious about the truth that Jesus was testifying to more than just asking for information, but instead wondering about the consequences of this truth that the Son of God brings. Because the other consequence, besides the fear and falsehood that shakes the leaders of the temple, is that because of that shakiness, because of that fear, they hand Jesus over to be put on trial. A consequence of the truth that Jesus brings is that Jesus is on trial, on trial because of his kingdom, because Jesus is king above all who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty, and that Almighty King reveals the truth of this world and stands on trial for that truth, that love and grace that Jesus brings, because his kingdom is not from here. It's God's kingdom breaking into the world the birth of a baby through the truth of love and grace in Jesus' life, and even in Jesus' trial, because truth, the truth that Jesus testifies to, is a testimony on the cross. A witness to the love God has for a broken world, Jesus goes to the cross to bring us that truth, to bring that truth into the world, that truth of love, that truth of grace, that truth of a new kingdom coming. For all the times we can't face truth, for our failures to hear facts that don't fit our own narratives, for when we choose the easy way out or choose falsehood over truth, even when it means breaking relationships, when we choose our own self-interest so that we can keep whatever the My Little Pony figurine of our lives is, Jesus takes truth to Rome, truth to the cross, and brings the truth of the resurrection, the promise of new life, of a new kingdom, so that today, on Christ the King Sunday, as we look towards the season of Advent, the season of waiting to celebrate the birth of our King, our eyes can be opened to the truths in our world. The truth that so many are in need of that love and that grace and that care, that kind of care that Jesus provided for those he met so that we can participate in this new kingdom, servants to our king by serving others, so that today when truth sometimes has scary consequences, when we aren't sure what is truth and what isn't, today we can say there is one truth, one way, one life, one king, bringing a kingdom of love for each and every one of us, for the entire world, a kingdom of grace, not just for you and for me, but for all people, and as people of faith, our truth is simple. The truth we are called to testify to in all the falsehoods and kingdoms of this world is simple. Our truth is Christ the King, Jesus the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Amen.